Welcome to The Color Timer. I am your host, Vincent Taylor. This is the podcast where we speak to professionals who work with color. I've got a quick test for you. You ready? Here's my list. I'm going to read these films out, see what they have in common. Suicide Squad, Skyfall, The Avengers, Matrix Revolutions, Air Force One, Venom, Let There Be Carnage, Passing, Dark Crystal, Age of Resistance, The Irishman, Bardo. I've got a bigger list, but I'm only reading part of it. What do they have in common? Matt Tomlinson. Uh, Matt is a color scientist based at Harbour in Los Angeles, and I'm going to be speaking to him about what the heck is a color scientist. We'll be using my 15-minute sand timer to keep things focused. Wish us luck because we both love to chat. Let's go. Take your seats because the hourglass is about to turn. We are entering the world of the micro podcast. Explore the craft, creativity, and science of professionals who use color to tell stories. Welcome to The Color Timer with Vincent Taylor. Uh, Matt, thank you. Thank you for joining me. Great to be here. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's it's it, it's a bit of it's a, we're do, recording this on a Saturday morning for those of you who don't know. So so Matt and I are both kind of you know waking up. I had to, the kids were outside on the trampoline. And I had to go, kids, go inside. I'm, I'm talking to Matt Tomlinson, <laughs> and they're looking at me going. I'm I'm in my my uh, Saturday morning attire, just nice, nice warm sweater. Nice. Well, the rules of the game. I've got a little uh, color timer here uh, to start our conversation off, and. I don't want to break the rules, so are you ready, sir? As ready as I'm going to be. Okay. All right. Here we go. Turning over. Dum, dum, dum. All right. I've got a brief... The countdown in the back. It's so (laughs) nerve-wracking. All right. Now, you, sir, are a color scientist, and I am going to ask you the most asked question you get. What the heck is that? (laughs) Okay, so... Um, there's actually, uh, I've been thinking about that because I actually get that question a lot and there's, I realized I attacked this question from different angles. So, uh, if I am talking to someone in casual conversation that is, you know, a friend of my dad's or someone like that, who, who isn't in the entertainment is- industry, um, I basically, I, I, I realize that they drone out very quickly. So I usually say something along the lines of, um, uh, okay, so when you go see a movie in the movie theater, or and then you see the same movie on, say, a streaming or on Blu-ray, you expect that those that movie to look the same in the theater and at home. Um, but the reality is, those are two vastly different technologies. And if you weren't, if you were just to put one in the other, they would look completely wrong and broken. So what I do is I create the Rosetta Stone that uh, allows it to look the same from the theater into the home and vice versa. So I, I do that mathematical translation with that. Um, and sometimes that, that goes, out, oh, okay, I get that. Um, the, if someone's in the entertainment industry, you know, I might say something like, okay, so the first thing that, that a color scientist does from my perspective is set up trust. So the idea is that if you're looking at something on a display, a projector, an iPad or whatever, you you see what you expect to see. It's not a, is this set up right? It's just you sit down, you look at it, and you go, that's my show, that's my movie. Yep, let's just be creative. And now let's make 
um, uh, you know, uh, not technical decisions, but artistic decisions. So, you know, what is the definition of color science? Trust. I think, I think that's really kind of what it boils down to. Now that's one, that's kind of a, a base layer. The, the fun stuff is uh, where I get to work with colorists like yourself and cinematographers and on their shows. And I uh, help create what might be called the look of the show. I, I work with you and, and DPs to, to kind of help um, in the beginning of the show, like, okay, what do you want your, what do you want your show to look like? And the, and the cinematographer might say something, well, I, I really, I'm influenced by, by uh, Renoir. I like, I like, but I really like the movie, the Godfather, or, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of, um, you know, Pete's dragon from 1975 and, and, and you get to like, you know, like, okay, uh, I see where you're, you're, I, I, my job is to get inside their head and, and try to physically create something so that when we apply a, a color brightness and hue and color onto an image, that it's that kind of image that they're starting to get in their head. And that, that, that can, that's also helped by, you know, they may present like what's called a lookbook, which is just like maybe images pulled off of like Google images of other, other movies or just still photographs. Um, and anything that, that they can point to and say, I like this on a picture. Can you make this color or this contrast? Uh, can you make it so when I go shoot my movie, those inherent qualities are built into the, the, the look as a starting point. It just happens. So I help build those tools to present. And then and when, when the cinematographer goes off and, and does their hair and makeup test, they come in, they sit with, with you, uh, the colorist. Um, sometimes I'll, I'll be there. A lot of times I'll be there, maybe a little bit in the background. And then, you know, first thing first is the DP goes, either goes, ah, oh, yes, this is kind of what I was envisioning in my head. Or no, or no, no, no. No, this is not, which is actually equally as important because he can go, I like this part over here, but I don't like this part over here. And then we can start adjusting from there. Sometimes the colors is making the adjustment. Sometimes I'm running away and building new uh, kinds of tools and bringing them back to, to try out. But he comes a, a very interactive, uh, like jam session, if you will, at that point, uh, you know, almost it's, it's almost like live jazz. I like to call it like it's digital jazz at that moment. And, um, and and then finally, there's this inherent moment where the, the, the creator will go, wait, this is it. This is what I, this, I feel it. It's just a visceral thing where they're like, yes, I like it. And that's when we lock down the look. And, and, um, and I, I create it, you know, the transform, the LUT um, that is provided to dailies and then VFX and then DI and finishing, you know. So basically one of the things that I do is I'm a shepherd. It, uh, so I, I shepherd the show along from the beginning all the way to the end, and I make sure that everybody's on course. You know, we're all here's the roadmap. If you, if we know where we are on the roadmap, and somebody veers off on that roadmap, I know if we know where we are, we can bring them back in, and we can we can maintain the creative intent, if you will. Um, it's helpful that you know I my first 15 years of my career were in VFX, so I'm very apt at talking to the VFX group and making sure that they're taken care of. I, I, you know, I know, I know their, their language. I can talk with the dailies people. I can talk with the finishing people. So, you know, kind of like, I see myself as kind of an overseer of, of maintaining creative intent in that respect. How, how did you, uh, you know, you say you come from a VFX background. How did you cross over into the role of a color scientist? 
Uh, well, I'd always been doing color science within VFX. So I started off back in like the mid nineties. I, I, um, I, my first job was at a place called boss film. They did air force one. Um, and, uh, what I did is I, um, I was part of the imaging science department, which was imaging science and color science are interchangeable a lot of times within this industry. Um, and it's the first time, you know, imaging science was just being born. I mean, this is, this is before Jurassic park. This is like, you know, time of the crow and, and the, these kind of things where, where, um, for VFX, it was, it was just getting into the digital world. And the way it would work is you would scan in the negative and then, uh, people would work on it, uh, you know, digitally VFX, and then it would get recorded back on to negative, and that negative would get cut into the actual oneg of the show. It wasn't like now where it's just when you would film out an entire DI on, onto film. It was just you would cut out the film out the the, the snippets and, and cut it into the oneg. My job for the first like seven years of my career was I was a color corrector where I would um, actually color correct the background plates for VFX shots that were scanned in. And I would, I, the way it would work is they would get scanned in. I would look at them on a display and I would have a light box next to me. You know, I'd just be looking at, a, uh, you know, an eyepiece on a light box, looking at a screen back and forth. And, and the tools were like, you know, really rudimentary, which really gave me a good, you know, I, I was working with imagery. So I knew how to like, okay, this is how a curve works. This is what balances is. This is, you know, in the shadows on the toes, this is how it affects things. This is when you shift things. These are the, you know, it really gave me a feeling of how to attack an image just by looking at it, um, just by repetition. And, and the way you would check it is you would, you correct it on a screen, but then you'd have to film it back out to film and then look at film versus film. So you're doing a lot of mental gymnastics back in the day, because like back then, like, I mean, it was just, it was the wild west, uh, you know, yeah, it, right. or, you know, comparatively like what. The knowledge base that I have now in comparison to then, it's like, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. What, what would be, this is such a wide open question, but what would be a really tough part of your job? What would be a hard day for you? A hard day for me actually would be where there's not enough bandwidth or time for me to give proper attention to everyone that deserves it. Interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. because like there will be times where multiple people will want to talk to me in almost the exact same moment, like those perfect storm moments. And I, you know, I have to compartmentalize it a little bit. Like I can give you what you exactly need right now. And I do that. And then I'll, I'll try to follow up with them. When in reality, what I want to do is I want to say, well, you know, get, get real Zen about the whole thing. Like, let's, let's talk about it. What's going on? Tell me about yeah, it. Yeah. You know, like, like keep it very, chill and relax because I, I just find um, sometimes what people are asking for is not really what they're asking for because it's hard sometimes to convey um, actual, you know, what, what they're thinking in their head when it comes to visual, if that mm. makes sense. It does. So, so um, that's, that's why like, I've always said like a color scientist, if I was a colorist, if I had a color scientist, that color scientist would be my best friend. Um, because I would just, I would always just, hey, can you help me? Can you, can you make me faster, better? Can you put what's in my head out on the screen? Because like, like uh, CJ, Julian, the other color scientist that I work with at, at Harbor, uh, my partner in crime, if you will, you know, he came up with this, I think, just wonderful analogy where um, the, uh, you know, the colorist and the cinematographer, you guys are painters 
color scientists, we make paint. Hmm. And we give, you know, here's a new piece of, here's a new color of paint for, for you to try. And you're like, oh, I'm going to use this paint. And you can, and then you blend it in and you, you create the imagery that is art. Yeah, that's we, a great way of explaining it. Actually. Yeah, we, 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 you know, we're the people at Home Depot with the big shaker cans. <laughs> um, uh, I was thinking, you know, because things are changing all the time with technology. All the time. Oh, my gosh. How, how the heck do you keep up? Dude, I mean, it, it, it's, it's a full-time gig. And, and yeah. honestly, the people that I, I work with um, are, are very uh, inquisitive and very, you know, they want to know uh, what's going on. And uh, I'm very grateful that I've been – we have been able to set up an environment where sharing and knowledge is a – is seen as a good thing. When somebody says, hey, something's wrong, um, I always try to start off with the concept that I messed up, that something I did was wrong. So mm -hmm. I have to prove it out to myself that, okay, did I do something wrong? No, I didn't. So what's actually going on here? As opposed to like, well, what's wrong with, what are you talking about? You know, it, and, and being defensive. And being and... defensive and, and, you know, putting up shields and guards. You know, I'd, I'd much rather be the person who's like, oh, really? What's going on? Tell me. Show me, you know, like, oh, you know, it, it, like everybody who's expressing a moment of stress or a moment of concern or, or, or anything is, you know, their, their um, expressions are valid because it's real. Perhaps the, the issue is concrete. Perhaps the issue is nebulous. Calmer heads prevail, I guess, if you, if you can say in that way. Like, you know, I, I try to, I, I'm, I was a big fan of um, Gil Grissom from the old show CSI. I actually used to have a calendar of like his little sayings and one always just stuck with me, which is, and I, I use it all the time where it's um, the moment you feel that you should go very, very fast is the exact moment you should go very, very slow. Huh. And, and I'll, I'll actually say like, everyone slow down, slow down. Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's just take it out because then you can get to the, the, the root of the cause and get yeah. past the panic of it all. I think I think your ability to calm a room is, yeah. You know what? I'm going to use the word legendary because uh, I, w I I work with you and I've I've I just recently had that situation where the client monitor the client noticed it actually because there was some credits that should have been on black and the black wasn't black and of course I'm looking at my monitor so I wasn't noticing, and she went that doesn't look right that doesn't look right, and the great thing was I can just I called you. You, I could keep, I just carried on. I called you. You came in. You not only fixed the problem in, in a split second, but then you reassured her. And not only that, you went on to explain a few things about, about what, what was going on and, and which sh she delighted in, you know, you, you totally put her at ease. So that's, nice. an, that's a skill set. Yeah. Um, that's, if anything, there's, yeah, that's, I enjoy that part, to be honest. We're out of time. I know. I know. Isn't it cruel? It's <laughs> cruel. cruel. Uh, it's, I've, I've got so many questions, but, uh, there's going to be a, there's going to be a season two, but I do tend to be a little bit naughty and throw in one more question. Okay. Uh, uh, break, break my own rules. Uh, and, and, and this one is, is a good one. P people are, and I am not exaggerating. People are very fascinated by your job. All right. And you get asked questions all the time. What do you think is a question you would like somebody to ask you? Oh, God. It is hard. Um, well, a question that I'd like someone to ask me. About your job. 
about not just my in job. life. About, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, exactly. About the job. Um, now you can push this off to season two if you want, and I can get you back on, and you can have a good think about it. This is tough, man. Um, how about this? Is there anything you'd like to purchase? <laughs> Matt, I have a question for you. Yes. Is there anything you would like to purchase? A lot of gear. <laughs> That's a good answer to your question. <laughs> Matt, um, look, thank you so, so much. And, and I'm serious, if you're up for it, uh, if I end up doing a season two, can you jump in? 100%. Thank you, Matt Tomlinson. Uh, we will definitely be doing a part two. There are so many more things I wanted to ask you. Uh, thank you to my executive producer, MixingLight.com. If you're watching or listening to this on the Mixing Light website, you already know what they do. If you don't, check them out. They can help you all things color. Thank you to my friend of the show, Filmlight, and to my producer, Kayla. Uh, thanks for listening, and like, subscribe, do all that kind of stuff, because it does really help. Until next time, see ya. The Color Timer, a micro-podcast experience. Mm-hmm.